Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Gas It Out. Well, you can't start with your absolute weirdo. Well, sure, the bit that you, if, if everyone can see what you just did. Yeah, all right, yeah. Uh, hello and uh, welcome to Gas It Out. Uh, we are back for another, um, just me and Neil on this one. Uh, the last one went down quite well, didn't it? A lot of people quite Three liked people it. said they liked it. All the listeners, basically. 6,222 said, don't ever do that again. <laughs> so we focus on the positives. <laughs> Always take the positives into the next week. Um, thanks for all the nice comments, actually, about Hervé Poncheral. Uh, we love doing that interview. And I think that came through. And hopefully you enjoyed listening to Hervé too, because he is a top, top man. And I hope for the best for him, for Miguel Oliveira. And Michael Laverty's already started a rumour where, at Triumph, by the way, commentating on the Grand Prix of Styria. Michael Laverty's already started the rumour that Dovi's going to be riding with Petrucci inside that carriage next year. Yeah, I like that. I love it. Live Good on it. Just going to start a rumour. Just going to start one. Why not? That's what we do. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Right. So we're back together because three racing, back to back races, three weekends, it's tough uh, to get hold of anyone to do. Uh, a podcast uh, so we thought we'll give you another one of just us two chatting because it's not like there's been much to chat about MotoGP at the moment is so boring Terrible. so predictable oh, Gav it's always Mark Marcus yeah why do you why do you you, you just love him though oh, you has your head so far up his ass yeah and Rossi you yeah. love Rossi oh, yeah. Valentino God. this and oh, Get your yellow tinted glasses off, yeah. will you? What is it about Marquez though? Why do you love him so much? No, why, why are you yeah. such a fan of Valentino Rossi? What's he ever done? It's so, it's so annoying. He should have retired years ago. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Marquez, he does nothing. All he does is he does that with a throttle and just, it's, it's all, all electronics. electronics. <laughs> this is what we get almost on a daily basis day in, day on out. Twitter. Day in, day the out. same day, right? This happens to both of us. You'll get, why do you love Rossi so much? All you do is talk about Valentino. The same day, it's. What is it about Marquez? Please talk about someone else. You're so boring. So true. It is so, so true. So anyway, we're, we're going to bring you a new feature. Yeah, we've actually we've thought long we've and hard about a, this. We've done a lot of brainstorming. Actually, we've uh, done a few fo- fo- focus groups. Yeah, we've got together. Yeah, we've got a lot of people uh, who've given us their heartfelt opinions this on this. Is an exclusive for Gas It Out. Yeah, it is a full exclusive. Um, this is the top five in five. That what? was it. That was it. Say it again, Gav, I felt like the you just The top five in five? No, build it up even more. The top five in five? Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. So we've thought about it. Um, mm. Basically, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to discuss five, the five top subjects of the week from social media. How do we know the top five subjects? Well, we have blown the gas at our budget on an algorithm. Now, you'll have heard about algorithms. Yeah. You know, yeah. GCSEs and A-levels, all the rage, in it? An yeah. algorithm. Clearly working well for the so GCSEs. We, exactly. We thought we need to get involved in this because it is such a thing at the moment. Yeah, so algorithms. blown the whole gas it out budget on an algorithm. Yeah. Right? Um, which is? Um, I just looked on Twitter and saw what everyone was talking about yeah. on trending. And you just so, saw, oh, that seems popular. Yeah, so we'll just talk about them. Yeah. Yeah, Great but you algorithm. know, it's a big budget. Yeah. It's a big budget we've got. Where are we at with the budget, anyway, at the moment? Uh, it's, well, it's gone up, well, it's it's levelled out. Okay. It's levelled out. It's still at zero. Right, okay. For this. Right, yeah, so yeah. it's absolutely spot on. Uh, so we're going to talk about the top five subjects of the week in five minutes on each, right? And I am going to put a timer on it. I've got right. the timer up ready to go on that and we're going to just so then you've got a quick fire chat of everything that's going on in the world is and this it's all or, down to the algorithm is it in order though is it like number five one? to one five okay. to one oh, it's a countdown you just need alan fluff freeman to go i had to sing that did you never listen to that's quite a bit older than me top of the pops or whatever it was yeah but that was before my time 
can tell by those Gordon Ramsay wrinkles on your forehead that that is not true. The Botox clearly isn't working. <laughs> uh, right, so we want to know what you think about it as well. Everyone seemed to like when we just had a bit of a discussion about what was going on. So we thought we'd give you one of those. Um, basically covering up for the fact that no one wanted to speak to us because they hate us. They hate yeah, us. And the fact us. we're not in the paddock actually, they're just making things a little bit harder. But we do love your reviews and your reviews really do help whether it's on Apple Podcasts, whether it's on Google Podcasts or Podbean who host us, uh, Spotify as well. I think you can leave. Uh, maybe you can't spot YouTube, that was the other one I needed to mention because we have some really good comments and a good bit of chat that we've got there. And we do read them, so we do appreciate it. But it just helps us in the charts. It helps other people listen in yeah. uh, to us. It um, sort of helps grow the audience by yeah. getting the positive comment. And more the, people get to hear means, about us. The more people that listen, the more big guests we're getting because we have got some lined up. But um, it just all helps. Is that, does it sound like we're begging? No, we're not begging, but please. <laughs> We're absolutely begging. So far, that's all we've got. We've got a roll of black duct tape. Look at that. Yeah. Hey. yeah. Right, go on. Let's we, crack on. Top five at five. Top five in five. Oh, not at five. Five in five. Yeah, right, at five uh, is... Right, so we've got five minutes to talk about this. Right, let's okay. start I will do when we talk okay. about it. I'm going to announce it. So at five, it is... Danilo Petrucci flicking the bird to Alicia Spargro oh. and the subsequent tw- Twitter spat. Here we go. Oh my God, absolutely loved it. <laughs> How many times do I say though, when I'm commentating, or just in general, I like it when people don't get on. Not in life, in general life, but in racing. If you don't get on, then you just, it means more, there's more passion. Look back through the history of people any that didn't sport, get on. but any, in racing in particular, and people that didn't get on, mm. whether it be Rainy and Schwantz yeah, at I was thinking the time, Rainy whether it be Schwantz. doing in Crivier, but then you look at Biaggi and Rossi, and Rossi mm. and Gibinal, Rossi and Stoner, yeah. Rossi and... It, the, the list goes on, but it creates tension instantly. Marquez and a, a lot of other people, yeah. you know, it just creates this great bit of tension that makes you want to watch. Yeah. You always have a baddie in a James Bond film. E- and exactly. The and there's, there's one thing we've learned after the first Austrian GP of this year is Alicia Spargro and Danilo Petrucci don't get on. No, they're not going to be sending Christmas cards. Now, if you didn't see it, basically what happened was in qualifying, it's like the last lap of qualifying, the dying minutes, Petrucci was on a good lap. Alesh was touring. Petrucci had a bit of a reference with Valentino Rossi in front. Alesh looks over his shoulder, sees Rossi come, doesn't even look to see if there's anyone behind him, which there was. Petrucci was on his best He was lap. in his field of vision, you'd have thought. You would have thought. And then Alesh pulled across, got behind Rossi to start a lap, and subsequently held Petrucci up on his fastest lap, which meant he didn't go through to qualifying two, which meant he qualified on the fifth or sixth row. Fifth row, yeah. And he wasn't happy. So, wait. But we're talking about races, people's races are being decided by qualifying, aren't they, at this? So, Petrucci reacted, he shaked the fist at him, then in the uh, pit lane it was the middle finger, and then it was a bit of an applause. Now, you're not allowed to gesture. The ultimate outcome was, Petrucci's the one who's got a sanction. Which because. seems bizarre, <laughs> it seems bizarre because it was clear in the qualifying session that what Aleish did happens, obviously we see that happen, but you, it's like... But it's back to that, the unspoken rule. It's, you've got to check to make sure... You can't just pull out in front of a rider mm. and that's essentially not, what Not in a, in a qualifying session like that. Um, the, the, what happened, it went to Twitter, didn't it? Aleish said, well, look, um, Danilo might be angry, but he actually did his best sector in that sector on that lap, so I don't know what he's on about. Danilo then came back on Twitter and said, how many races have you won? It got yeah. a little bit nasty. Basically, Alicia's argument was a strong argument to say, no, you still did your fastest sector when you was behind me, so I didn't block you. Th- that's true, 
but it would have been faster. Yeah, That's and he missed out. He missed out by, by two thousand. By about that much, probably. You know what I mean? As yeah. in uh, distance on the track. So, so when it went onto Twitter, that it, it just got handbags at dawn. Then didn't it? Insults <laughs> it backward and forward. Funny to watch. We wasn't love it, it. Yeah. from the outside. Yeah, because Alicia's argument They're was both good characters. Real good characters. Characters. Alicia's argument was, poor you, basically. You're on the best bike on the grid. The, the Ducatis won round here for the last four years in a row. So then, I love Petrucci's reply was, basically, it was like, this is your career. Like, <laughs> two podiums or yeah, one in Out of like 200 two Grand Prix. So, yeah, it was funny. They clearly don't get on. But what's happened since is that Petrucci's got a... A fine. Oh, it's only a fine then. A fine, yeah. Which isn't the end of the world. But some people then look at it and say, wait a second... He was the wronged one, and yet you get it for the reaction. It's yeah. like in, in other sports where you get for retaliation, you get the penalty. But there is a yeah. rule that if yeah. you do any hand gestures... And there isn't a rule for slotting in behind someone and ruining someone's line, no, really. No, no, that's an unspoken rule yeah. of like rider There's etiquette. an irresponsible riding one, which is the Joan Zarco thing, which we may well get on to later on. Probably not. Try and get that in five minutes, um, which you're going to have to do. You've That'd got, be interesting. Yeah, you've still got a minute left on this one. Uh, so, um, what I want to say is Petrucci's race, conditioned by that. Like so many races now, if you're not starting up towards the front, just look at Joan Mir, suddenly gets on the front two rows mm. on a podium for the first time. The races are being decided by FP1, 2 and 3. Cal says, scrap them, we should only have it for FP3. They need to set it up in FP1 and 2. What do you make of that? Yeah, but I understand what he's saying, basically. It's hard for the MotoGP riders because they are constantly paranoid about getting through to qualifying 2. And that starts with free practice 1, 2, 3. Um, but it's the entertainment business, so what, yeah. what it does is it puts value on every session. Yeah. Every session, they the count. riders have to put a new tyre in at the end and try and set a time to make sure they're in the top ten. Every session counts, and that's what the fans at home who are paying the money, whether uh, to watch it on TV, whether to go to the racetracks, there's bikes out on track, and it means something. Yeah, it means something. Sport is, is uh, it's got to ten, mean something, hasn't nine, it? eight, seven. So... That's our <laughs> take we did well. on that. So that's the I first think we one. rattled through that quite yeah, quickly. That was good. I mean, this, I mean, What's it, next? Whoa! Sorry. There we are. Right, next one is... Um, how do you stop it? Oh, there we are. Uh, next is... Right, here we go. Hafiz Sharin's crash on Anea Bastinini's stricken oh. bike wasn't the biggest crash of Sunday. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We talked about it earlier, didn't we? I, I, what I said, what I can't believe is, normally that crash was so big... You, we'd be talking about that, well, for years. You know, it was, it's your worst nightmare, isn't it? A, a rider crashes, the bike slides down the track, there's a group of riders coming along a straight, riders in front move out the way of the motorcycle, and the guy behind, who unfortunately was the fish, was blindsided, bike moves out, and there's a bike led there. I mean, it was a huge crash. So lucky to get away with it. So lucky, and thankfully he did. Uh, he's not racing after it, which you can understand. Uh, he was properly bumped and bruised, flew miles through the air. But it's one of them. Now, there's been a lot of talk about track safety, that kind of thing. Have you ever been in that situation, like coming over a crest and you know, having a bike in front of you, anything no. like that? It's no. your worst nightmare. Yeah, I've had near, near misses, but nothing yeah. like that. No, that was... Well, that is... Uh, so you don't, you don't know what that feels like, is what I'm asking. No, not at all. No, and, but I understand that there's nothing you can do. Yeah. 
you can only react so quickly and by the time the, the bikes have moved and there is a motorcycle led there in front of you it is when it's a split second but you, you haven't even got time to you probably just shut the throttle and you've hit it i tell you what if you go back and watch it um if you i'm sure you'll find it anywhere on twitter because it went global went viral didn't it um have a look at domi Egeta is the yeah, one so for lucky. me um he, he appears out of this cloud of smoke in behind and the front end of a bike which disintegrated i'm not sure whether it's sharin's or bastianini's i think it was sharin's and it just he ducks and it just lands behind him on track if you think vinales and rossi were lucky well it's it's all it's a, Similar, yeah, similar, similar sort of thing, but a freak. it almost didn't. You didn't it, get it, any. It's, uh, your, it's one of those freak accidents that you don't want to think about. What if? Because yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it yeah. was that big, wasn't it? The, the question is, how can you prevent these in the future? Well, that's what I was going to ask then. So, well, let's get into a bit of the safety thing here, because motorcycling is a risky, dangerous sport, and these things are going to happen. So, there's people saying that's not safe. I think they're talking at turn one about the barriers being as close as they are. But Toba's bike ended up in the middle of the, uh, the, the track there mm. after a high side that he had. Uh, Bastianini's obviously did. Um, is the track safe or are we just, do we risk sterilising this sport to the point mm. where oh, they're just riding around in a circle on an oval with yeah. like, massive runoff uh, uh, you know, all the way around? Does that yeah. make sense? Well, you want to make it as safe as you possibly can, obviously. Of course if we, we do. Look, no, one, no one wants if we, it. If we look over the generations, if you, you, and you don't have to go back too far, if you go back 20 years, there were more riders losing their life. If you go back 40 years, there were lots of riders losing their yeah. life on, on circuit racing. And, so. and the fact for me is, out of all the crashes that we saw in, in uh, Spielberg, one broken bone, and that was Johan Zarco's mm. scaphoid. That yeah. shows that the equipment, and actually a lot of the safety equipment did its job around, and they were both quite freak accidents, but the fact in one of those freak accidents, nothing happened, the Sharin one, and everyone avoided it, thank goodness, obviously, but the equipment sort of did mm. its job, didn't it? I, I'm being a bit of a devil's advocate. I don't, I, obviously, I think everything should be done to improve safety, but from a certain angle, you don't want to over-sterilise, do you? You don't want to take, no, the, take the teeth out of a circuit. Not at all, not at all. And that makes me sound like a dinosaur in a way, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be like that. I'm, I'm just trying to say the riders themselves say they love it. They love the challenge of that turn two up to turn three. They love, motorcycle racers love fast flowing sections. So how do we make it safer? Well, let's have shorter straights, let's have slower corners. Do you but know what? I think there's a lot you know, to be said. To, to um, you, I think you mentioned it in Connie commentary about Yano Savelli from Dromo, who did the um, the track at Termas and uh, Imola yeah, and Mizano yeah, and all oh, this. Yeah. I wonder if there's something to be done with gravel here. Like, I'm not saying whether necessarily deeper gravel beds, because riders will complain, oh, the bike will get stuck and it's hard to get them out. But deeper, lighter stone, yeah, the different problem, type of stone, they, different they, size of stone. But that is something that they do study. They, they're across that already. Yeah. And the problem is, if you have deeper gravel, then the problem is that a rider might not slide across the top of it. You dig, yeah. then Com you tumble, and then... Oh, oh, completely. You know what I mean? You end up and in I, a I understand, Wayne he, Rainey he, situation. And that, that was obviously to do with, back then, 93, they had waves in yeah. the gravel so their yeah. theory was oh it'll slow you down a little bit more but obviously. but i think that's what he did at imola wasn't it it was just a configuration of the gravel and mm. whether it's the size of the stones they've obviously got to share that track with formula one so that comes into it too um, they've put a catch fence up and, and hopefully it's okay but they'll have a look at it well what they've done is they've put a band-aid on the issue of that section on the track right yeah it is a sticking plaster you know what it? i mean but it needs fixing yeah but we've we're fast forwarding just stop 
I can't work out this how to stop the timer. There we yeah, go. Yeah, it's not annoying. Uh, right, so listed. that was four. Happy uh, showing crash in Moto 2. Our third talking point of the top five in five. It's got a crap name, hasn't it? Top five in five. Like Who came it. up with that idea? Yeah. Right. Uh, so this one is. I like this one. Here we go. Dovi, Ducati, 50 GP wins. Oh, see ya. End of the season. Ha mm. <laughs> ha! had to happen though, didn't it? <laughs> It just had to so happen. What I love, Gav's enthusiasm. This is what he's always like. You do love it, like don't you? Like a puppy. Like a you do, little puppy. You, Absolutely. Did I hear it. you saying commentary earlier today that you woke up at three o'clock in the morning worrying about something? Yeah. What was you worrying about? I was worrying about um, Cal's comment about <laughs> the free practice counting and that sort of thing. You, get a life. What then you I was actually, no, what I was worrying about was, was about Aprilia. Um, if you know, they're waiting till October the 15th, oh, yeah. apparently is a new hearing for Andrea Iannone. Andrea Levizioso, is he going to go to Aprilia? So there's another thing there about for Cal, if he wanted to go there. What if Dovi won the championship? As he quite possibly could, because Ducati assured me that when we get back onto the racetracks, the tyre isn't as much of an issue if there isn't the heat. Right. Uh, we're going to be strong. And he takes the number one plate to Aprilia, like the, the Italian rivals yeah. of Ducati. So what do you think is going to happen? Um, so he isn't going to continue at Ducati? I asked him, I said to him, is there a way back? No. No. Because there isn't. I think there would be. Ducati yeah. would have to go cap in hand. But he's taken their 50th Grand Prix win. He's been second in the championship. Now, the thing is, on the whole thing, I understand Ducati wanting to go a different direction. They're taking a corporate decision. Look, we love Dovi. We really do. But it hasn't worked. We need something different. I can understand that. But then come out and say it. Don't tease him along with, we want to pay you a, a lower amount of money. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But if you think about it, Dovi's done, he's been the second best rider for the last three years. He's potentially now this year, if, if he wins this weekend, which he's favourite to, you'd have to say he's favourite to win the title. Mm. Who are they looking for? Yeah. No, no. Well, I, they're looking I'm, for a man who can beat Mark Marcus, I, I aren't they? I 100% agree with you. But they are looking for a man and who can beat Mark Marquez. And, and you're talking Fabio Quartararo. I was about right? to say, well, he signed a two-year deal for, for Yamaha. Yeah, Maverick Vinales, I'm not sure. It isn't your man who's going to beat him over a season. Obviously, and he's already signed anyway. Yeah, but, but so, so what they're doing? Well, they're looking, obviously, at who's coming through Montour 2. So and at the moment, looking, who's coming through Montour well, 2? That Bastianini and Martin, but they're not ready to challenge Mark Marquez. Not a fit Mark Marquez. Next year, they're not challenging no. the year after. They're looking at Peko Bagnaia, but how many MotoGP races has Peko won? Yeah, exactly, none. Yeah, but at some point they have to put their, you know, a line in the sand, don't yeah. they? It's tricky. I, I, it's difficult. It's difficult for everyone to try and beat Mark but a lot of people, on the Honda. A lot of people uh, feel bad for Dovi, don't they? And I yeah. think that's fair enough. We all do, slightly. I'm just trying to take the point of view of Ducati wanting a different, yeah. wanting a different path. But that's where my, my question is on it. Like, is that the right thing to be doing? And you don't think it is? And I'm not sure I think it well, is. Well, no, I, I don't think so. Think because he's delivering. Where Ducati have got a great system, right? They've got the feeder class, the feeder team, team uh, Pramac, teams with teams. The now. Exactly. So you've got basically four opportunities. You know, both those teams can have two riders to have a look at the young Moto2 talent, get them under contract tease them by saying obviously you're going to do the first year with a Vintia or Pramac and then we're going to move into the factory team if you're good enough so they've got the opportunity to secure the young talented riders and then obviously you'd pick whoever's, whoever's whoever performed. that is but you'd always have them next to you rock solid Andrea De Vizioso 
where at the moment they've got Jack Miller as their well yeah. I guess their number one and god no one knows anyone well, who many... knows me we are the, Jack Miller's number one yeah. fans, fans yeah. and we love the guy but how many races he won with the Ducati well exactly he hasn't won one yet has he so and I'm not saying he can't because we want Jack to win but Ducati, it does seem strange. You've got your rock solid number one what rider do you see in happening? Is Jorge Lorenzo coming back? Is it going to be Pecco Vignaya? So. Yes, I think so. Pecco showed it. The, last year he had a difficult year. This year he started it really good. Obviously, broke his leg in Bruno. Um, Ex Moto 2 world champion, class act. But what about Jorge? He's won races under Catty, more than one. The problem with Surely Lorenzo is. You don't know which Lorenzo you're going to get, and if you get the slow one, you've, you, it's a disaster. Um, since he rode the Ducati, he's had that serious back, stroke, neck injury, which nearly paralysed him. I mean, it was serious. And, and, and from him. that point on, and rocked him, and there's nothing wrong with it rocking him. We get it, don't we? Multimillionaire, five-time world champion. Yeah, it's probably rocked him and made him, given him time to think. I think I'm. I don't. I don't want it that bad, and I don't think Lorenzo does want it which anymore. Which is why he retired. Which is why he retired. And that's okay. He's had an incredible career. So they can't you don't see that happening. No. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. All props to Dovey. Yeah. For, for bringing it Just out. Just in general. Before, I mean, again. I've got to get a better system. Uh, right, two in the top five in five. So into the final two, what's Ooh. going to be our number one? I can see you all sat at home. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> what is it going to be? Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, five minutes on Polis Bargro, Miguel Oliveira, the hilarity of it. Inner, the fact that they're both saying completely opposite things. Um, Paul and Miguel crashed at turn four. Paul was wide, no doubt about that. It was definitely wide. He was said himself, I was running wide. Miguel went for a gap. Question is, did Miguel crash before hitting Paul, or did Paul connect with Miguel's rear tyre that made Miguel lose the front? They both say opposite side of the things. We've we've actually had an interview with BT where the, Paul says the data shows Miguel crashed. Miguel says the data shows he didn't crash. Amazing. Um, we'll hopefully get some clarity from KTM on that. It's the second incident for Paul in two weeks of running wide and coming back to a, a racing line. Um, something I noticed actually, I was I was thinking about it a lot as you know, 3 a.m. in the morning. Um, I saw a couple of people running wide at turn three during the race at the weekend. Alex Rins a couple of times, and each time he did it, when he ran wide, he had looked. Mm. He had a look. Now, I know it's turn three, and you really outrage You've got yourself. more time to You've look You've got next. more time well, to you look. Know, and like, you're a lot slower. It's a big hairpin, yeah. completely. I completely get that. But it's almost a natural reaction. It's to, a, you yeah. know, and that's where I'm saying, I am not criticising Paul in this because he felt that was my natural line that I was taking because Mattia was different in this one. But as the ex-MotoGP, as the ex-World Champion, what would you say? You have to look. And because you know, it, it's more so than ever, it's close. If you've gone wide, you know that you're coming back and you're like this, literally. This, if, if you don't look, you're like this. Or you, you're looking like that and you're ready. And if, if a bike then appears, what, you're ready to do, do, yeah. to, to do that. Think how many times watching Races that you see the pick, rider on the outside pick it up. Pick it up. That's because they're like you're looking like that constantly, and then you go, oh yeah, bit of side eye. Give yeah. it a bit of side eye. Yeah, but you have to. That's what everybody does, and that's they're the rules. What do you what do you think? Do you think Paul gets a little bit? He he denies it. He says, look, uh, I'm, I'm a normal calm during the race, but he gets wound up. He he, 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 he appears like to. Yeah. He appears to. He's not a dangerous rider. He's, I've never looked at Paul going, oh, he's wild, he's dangerous. He's got a wild riding style, but he's not a dangerous no, rider no, no, at, no, all. at all. 
the fact that he was in the similar situation the weekend before in Bruno, where we've obviously we've analysed it on my screen, is clearly what it's my screen by the way. See, I use like, that screen sometimes. It's my bloody screen. Right. Anyway, but the the weekend before, Oops. Paul was definitely wide, and as he's coming back, you've got to be like looking, thinking. Oh, but but again, up. in that, and that's what I think where it's all getting a bit lost in translation. I don't think anyone's blaming Paul. They're just saying it's a racing incident, yeah. aren't we? Saying racing incident. You know, the person on the inside. Well. The Joan's Arco incident, we're not sure you can even see Paul there, but it's just, it converges, these things happen. Exactly. Just like, yeah, like we'd said the weekend before, it was always a racing incident. And unfortunately, Zarko got a penalty. And we're like, well, that's not right, really fair. This time, Paul has declared straight away it's a racing incident. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that he's more guilty. Yeah. Because yeah. the first time with the Zarko incident, Paul said it wasn't a racing incident, Zarko was out of order. The, the difference we've got is, and it's a big difference is, on both separate occasions, like the first one, we've got video evidence. The second one, there's no video yeah, evidence. Yeah, that's the problem we've so, got. So this is where, there's one thing, another thing we've learned over the years, you can't trust riders. So the riders' opinions, you know what I mean? As yeah. in, as in, but if you've no video evidence, the, the riders are gonna tell you whatever Obviously, you wanna hear. It's their point of view, isn't it, on that? But the thing is, we've got, they've got some data apparently contradicts. I did this interview back to back with them, honestly. Just uh, just comical of them both saying complete opposite things and what we need. And we'll hopefully, after this is probably being hey, recorded, the, we'll find out from KTM, they'll know. Yeah, there's one thing, they are not on each other's Christmas card list. No, They're definitely no. not friends. The best line for me, from Miguel Oliveira, uh, was, um, I'm not saying that you know Paul's stupid or any other riders are stupid, but some people are born with less intelligence than others. Yeah. That, <laughs> That was, it's a great line, but that's what stoked the fire. Of course it did. Yeah, yeah, sure. Of course it did. <laughs> yeah. And Miguel said, perhaps I said a few things that were a little bit close to the bone, which is absolutely true, we did. But we love it. We yeah. absolutely love it. And it's a big talking point. It's great. They're both in KTM. Miguel's taking his ride next year. Do you reckon Paul's regretting moving to Honda? Yes, definitely. Do you? Wouldn't you? When you look well, at the KTMs, they're, they're, they're only going forward. The problem with the Honda, 15 seconds left is obviously we know Mark Marquez is the only man who can ride it to the level where it's at and because of that it's never really its development has just stagnated yeah. because Marquez can just do weird things on it yeah. no one else can and, and Takanakagami's top under and stopped on that uh, right last one last one top one top one top top top, top, top one top of the pops so this is the you like this one so the the, like the, the number one, well, I'm going to guess, Gav bought a round last weekend. No one can believe it. I mean, it's the first time in seven years Gav's bought a beer. That is a um, rumour, unsubstantiated and not true, actually. He owns a wallet, which in the past we've always said he's like the Queen. We've never even seen his wallet. So that was, here he is. Comes out. Okay, he doesn't own a wallet. So 20 pounds? But it is actually the old version. So yeah. I'm not sure it's legal yeah. tender anymore. So what go on? What's number one, Gav? Uh, it is, of course, it is. Juan Mir finishing on the podium with Suzuki. <laughs> no, it's not, of course. It of course it's the crash. Zarko will be daily. I'll start the timer. Um, Valentino Rossi and Maverick Vinales had something, someone, or had big moment of divine intervention absolutely uh, to miss out and it was yeah. I've not seen anything like it for a long long time well I've not seen anything like it where someone is so lucky I don't think you can't believe for a while. yeah 
I've got it on the screen. We're going to analyse it this weekend. And I've just looked, I've been practising what, it's hard to know what to say because there's that much. Because is, I mean, Rossi got, because he had the bike in front and, but Vinales, it's the bike misses him, then yeah. comes just what, over his head. What, what you can't believe, there's so many at camera angles. Yeah. I think it's on board with Rins, who's behind them. That's so he the, gets he's a great the best shot. cameraman. The best cameraman. What you can't believe, there's a point where Vinales and, and um, Rossi are like that, going into the hairpin. And you think, uh, to think, Morbidelli's bike goes between them. There is, there is room for a bike just. And, it's, and, and, it, and then obviously I can do it frame by frame. You see the bike go between them and you're just like, that would never happen again. You know, if, if, there, if you crash there a million times, it was the, the, a million to one chance. Yeah, it was thankfully. the monkey writing Shakespeare, wasn't it? And it there's, was there's, no point in, there's no point in skirting around it. If that bike would have hit anybody, or both bikes, we'd, we'd have had fatalities. That's, the, that's what we're dealing with, and that's why it's so serious. Mm. What the big talking point is, before that crash, all the riders, or a lot of the riders said, that section of the track's too dangerous. It's a bit sketchy, yeah, around there. And that's, just explain it though for people uh, at home, why it's dangerous. Oh no, we haven't got time, we've got three minutes. Oh, all right, uh, was it a racing incident? Yes. Zarko's been penalised into the back of the into pit lane. Yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous. Uh, even more so when you, you analyse it on the screen, you'll, you'll see it t tomorrow. You'll look forward to that gap. But well, the stewards but, have seen data and they say there's evidence of irresponsible riding. We don't know. We haven't been told. Well, the only irresponsible, well, there is no irresponsible riding. There isn't, right? He's made a clear pass up on the inside. By quite a way away from... You can't believe it when you watch it frame by frame. He's miles away. And then he goes wide because he's on a tighter line. He's apexed earlier. So he's apexed the corner. He's going to run early. wide. So he's going to run wide. He's running wide. So guess what he'll have to do? To get back on line, what do you have to do? Just go Roll slow. Off, yeah. So he's rolled off earlier than he's expecting, then Morbidelli's expecting. Mm. Morbidelli's caught in a bit of a blind spot. It happens so quick. You can't criticise Morbidelli because the problem is you, you've got hours, days, weeks to analyse it afterwards. When you're sat on a motorcycle and someone passes you and goes, bah, ah, yeah, 195 yeah. miles an hour. And the, the wind, the noise, everything's happening and a bike appears and all of a sudden it's slowed down and you go like that, but you're into, already you're into the back of them. So, but so they, isn't that Zarco's fault for putting himself in front of, uh, of Frankie? No, not at all. I hope we're still recording. No, because what we have to remember is this is a race. The door was wide open. He's on a faster motorcycle. He's on the fastest bike. Mobidelli's on the slowest bike. So he powers past. Well, he couldn't go to the other side of Mobidelli because Mobidelli was blocking. And rightly so. You know what I mean? He was using mm. all the track. So he went for the gap went through and he's clearly through and he's through for some time that might be half a second but Morbidelli's aware of it it wasn't I've seen so many worse manoeuvres by riders it wasn't a crazy move it, you know so the fact that he's got a penalty is ridiculous yeah but, but uh, Rossi and Frankie all came out and criticised Joanne I think Valet rolled back a little bit didn't he and sort of said look Joanne, I wouldn't say he's necessarily a dangerous rider, but you've got to take care of other riders. Mm. You've got to bear that in mind. I, I don't know, I've found myself more on Joanne's side on this one. Not criticising Frankie, but just that I just saw it as a racing it's incident. It's a racing and incident. Look, I've not been, you've been at the end of a straight at 200 yeah. miles an hour. And, no, and it feels horrible, yeah. actually, when, when someone passes Cause, you. Because this could happen at Magello. It, it could, so, it could so happen at Magello. Phillip Island, it has happened. 
with Zarko and touching actually Morbidelli's position, touching the back of Mark Marquez. Yeah. And that was classed as a racing incident then. Mm. This was it was a racing incident. There's no way that uh, Zarko should be penalised. I mean, it, what can you thing... learn from it? Do you know what you can learn from it? That the rider's gut feeling was right. This section of the track's really dangerous, and if somebody goes Airport. down here someone could get killed. Mm. The fact that no one got killed, we're so lucky. Yeah. But what will the riders learn from it racing-wise? Nothing, because it was a racing incident. Because and it, and if the you door don't... was open, like, like the pole and Miguel one, the door was open and the rider yeah. behind went, I think Miguel said it perfectly when he said, I've learned ever since I started racing, if the door is open, I'm gonna go through yeah, it. Yeah, that's racing. That's racing, and that's why we love it. Yeah, and yeah, just on that whole, the whole incident. When... That's it, top five at five. I want to say something still about it. I'm not to extend. We're yeah. going to have any other business. No, but the only thing is, the only issue is that that goes global then, doesn't it? I've seen, you know, the likes of Gary Lineker talk about it. I've seen on the BBC News and suddenly our sport, I don't know whether it shows it in a good light or bad light. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, well, it's, it's what, we've, what we've seen since I've been involved in motorcycle racing. If there's a nasty crash or if someone gets killed, then yeah. it, it, it goes to a wider audience for, for, for the wrong reasons, mm. you know. Where when we have an incredible, but it is fantastic. that's part of the the love that we have for it is that these you guys are doing something amazing. Do you know what? Let me explain something to you. Dangerous. Do you know who who, who quoted it the best was Neil Mackenzie, and uh, I was talking to him on the phone about it, and he said everyone's going crazy about how dangerous it is and this that and the other, and he says at the end of the day, we're motorcycle racers love to race bikes, and even if somebody did have lost their life, it makes no difference. You would go racing the next week because that's what you do. That's what you do. You know the dangers when you, when you, when you start and it the sounds sport. harsh from people outside yeah, the sport, yeah. doesn't but it? From day one, you know the dangers. And throughout your career, you see riders that have lost their life. So it's not a shock. You're not playing table tennis and going, oh my God, someone's just died. I didn't sign up for this. You have signed up, you have signed up for it. You know you're going to get injured and you know people can get seriously injured. That's... So basically, learn from it as in alter the track or the, the runoff, and then you forget about it. Yeah. That's. Uh, um, right. Um, Neil McKenzie, by the way, episode 14 of Gas It Out, really good one to uh, chat about Neil McKenzie's career. Go back and listen to it. We haven't got a video version of that one, although there is on YouTube as an audio version. Um, just any other business, a few things to just quick mention. Which one do you want to pick? Uh, Fabio Quattararo leading the championship, not having a good result. Maverick Vinales, again, struggling in the early stages. He said he was having a good race up to that point when I spoke to him. Or what about the fact that we still are half an hour into this podcast episode, where are we? Yeah, and we haven't talked about Mark Marquez. Ha! Can you believe it? There is life outside of Mark Marquez. Or Suzuki, Joan Mir, Alex Rins, what he's doing with a broken arm. Go on, I'll give you... Uh, I'll give you a minute to talk about Well, that. I think the good news is that you don't need Mark Marquez there every weekend because I, I was sort of worried when he obviously didn't race in Austria, you know, the news about his arm, and I'm like, oh, no, it's not going to be the same without Marquez. Well, actually, it's better without him. That's how I'm seeing it because everybody's got a chance of winning and everyone can see that. There's a world championship for the taking. Quattro is obviously leading the championship. We've seen him sort of struggling a little bit for the very first time, making mistakes. Vignales is slightly flaky on those first laps, still same problems, which obviously it makes the whole championship wide open. Mia, you know, getting his second, he was the one who gets forgotten about. Juan Mia, the young Spanish rider, obviously ex-Moto3 world champion, in his second year is on the podium. 
And when I've, because I've followed his career, oh, I'll see how long I've got left. Because I've followed me his career. 10 seconds. When he started to win in Moto uh, 3, he took a massive step in confidence and he was a different rider. I think we'll see a different mirror this weekend. He, he will expect to be on the podium. There's your minute. Um, I have to say, um, uh, for my any other business, it would be uh, about, well, you've sort of covered it, but Suzuki. I, at the start of the season, you know, I, um, and I'm no expert, as we all quite clearly know, um, from listening to the absolute shunter that I come out with. But I, I reckoned that Suzuki were going to surprise us. And I was so disappointed in that first Hereth race that mm. Mir would drop right to the back, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, rinse rinse in race because he was injured. Yeah. Hurt, you know, and then the next one, oh, Mir's there. Oh, it looks promising. Then he's taken out by Laquona. Yeah, it, it felt like the same old, same old Suzuki. Like, Lots oh. of promise, but nothing's. And nothing then there. Rinse should have won in Austria, a track that shouldn't suit the Suzuki mm, yeah. but that bike looks so it's an all-rounder mm. that's what I love about that bike I love how it's you know we've got your KTM's and Suzuki's that a few years ago weren't in the sport and they came yeah, back yeah. to the sport because of the rules and it's working yeah. that's what I love and I love the fact we've had five different manufacturers winning a year uh, Alex Rins probably will win a race soon I think here Mizano is going to do it and I just, I just love it and, and the fact that Rins is doing it with two brakes in his right arm Seriously impressed, Juan Mir. We've all, we've picked him out since he came in. Mm. You know, we know people around him. He is a star. He's an absolute. Well, I think we've said yeah. since about three, he's going to challenge Mark Marquez. Yeah, he's got a chance. He's and now he just needs that confidence, which he'll have got from being on yeah. the podium. Yeah. Should Ducati have been looking at him? Should the, yeah, the, you know, yeah. But is, Suzuki signed him, signed him up early, didn't they? That's why they did it under lockdown. Uh, that's all from our top five and five here on Gas It Out. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you. If you listen to this before the Styrian Grand Prix, I hope you enjoy the weekend. Um, if you've listened to it afterwards, hello. I did have a good time watching Styrian Grand Prix. If you're listening to this in 2025, um, please send your best message to our alien overlords. Um, we do believe in them and uh, we think they are the future. Shall I shut up now? Yeah. Uh, please leave a like for us. Please leave a nice uh, review. If you've got a bad review, just don't bother saying anything. No. Oh, don't, Keep you, your negative you, comments you, for Twitter. Your mother must have told you when you were young. If you've got nothing, you've got nothing to say, nice to say, then don't, don't say, say anything at all. at all. Yeah. Thanks Th- all from us. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Love you, Gav. See you. Bye bye. 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 Ciao, ciao. I mean, it, pressing record is the, the hard bit for me. Yeah, that's sort of how it works, Gav. Finding the, the bit where you press record. Right, are you ready? Come on, Gav, you can do this. You've done TV before. Come on. Come on. I've got a bit light edit. Right. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Gas It Out.